It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Once again, welcome back to Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford Jr., the president of KWM Radio God Country, Texas, and I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, Dallas Elder Law Attorney, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm fine. I know you're good. You have, as I said to you before the show, a glow, a football glow, because it's, <laughs> it's in the air. Season, it's that season now. We've waited. How many months did we wait now? Nine, my eight months? How long is it? Well, I guess the fe- February. Super Bowl is that's February. Eight months? My goodness, that's a long time. A lot of suffering. To me, football season's all around, though, because True. there's always free agency and, and this and that. drama and yeah, soap holdouts opera. And yeah, somehow, it's amazing how ESPN and other networks can just milk that all year long. Like basketball. That never ends, too, even though the season ended three months ago. That's right. It's amazing. So they're smart to do that. And I guess we as uh, fans can never get enough. But as a fan of um, you and the things that you offer, uh, I don't think our audience can get enough of what you have to teach them. And today, uh, we're going to start off on a negative note, and, but hopefully with solutions. And that is uh, uh, going to discuss the awful story regarding Jeffrey Epstein and not necessarily what he did, because that remains understood by the world. But the mess that he created... Before he passed away, the mess that exists now, why he did it, we don't know. But maybe what are some of the solutions, uh, you being an elder law and estate planning attorney? Well, I mean, I think we ought to discuss the fact, as as we all know uh, now, that he created a will uh, two days before he died in the Virgin Islands. Okay. So I think we ought to probably talk about what is the ramifications, what did he do? The will set, did what they call it, poured into a trust, okay. into a trust. So this makes it, uh, could make it more difficult for the victims okay. uh, uh, that he had who were probably, you know, wanted to pursue criminal charges, as you know. Uh, the criminal charges, you can't. Uh, convict a dead man. Right. So that means that there would have to be civil actions, uh, lawsuits. And so now with the assets going to pour into a trust, what are the benefits for the um, whoever the beneficiaries are of the trust or what are the detriments of what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. A lot of this stuff, we don't know what will happen because we don't know what the courts will do. Let's set the table, though. How much was this guy worth? What were those assets? Do we even know? Well, he had what, what we know is that when you have a will, uh, that's the, the problem with the will is that people can find out what your amount of your assets are, unlike if you had a trust. Okay. So... Uh, in this case, uh, when he were in the will, he reported he had something like $577 million. Oh, my goodness. With exclusive of uh, some of the personal things like, I think, artwork or whatever, okay. other things that were uh, that still would add on to that. Okay. And as you've taught us, a will, once that person passes away, 
is a public accessible document to anybody. You can even go online and read it. Well, I guess it depends on the where you're at. In, in Dallas, for example, you can. Uh, you could get uh, – there's a matter of online records. Everything is a matter of public record. Uh, as far as an inventory, sometimes uh, you could keep it secret if you paid all your bills. But normally, a will is a matter of public record that just like if you had a, a, a deed, um, a, it's all a matter of public record. So that's one of the advantages that people have with a trust. Okay. It's private. Okay. Uh, and, and you don't have, as we've talked about, uh, I think on one of our shows re- relatively recently, you don't have to necessarily be wealthy to have a trust. Uh, so in this case, he, had, he did a trust. Uh, called the 1953 Trust. He was born in 1953. So he anticipated uh, that he was going to die. He knew he was going to commit suicide, and is what you would think. And so uh, that gets into the more controversies that we all know. That sure. how do they? How did this happen? But uh, the fact that he had a tr- things pour into a trust, if it goes directly into the trust, uh, then. That may make it more difficult for the victims to get money out because then they may have to pierce the veil, as they say, mm-hmm. to try to get the courts to convince them that or was this considered a fraud? Uh, is it a fraud uh, to try to do these activities? Uh, so, so a lot of different issues. Before uh, you before you go any further, is is there not an issue too? as to whether he committed suicide or he was murdered, and would that change the terms and conditions of the trust or the wills? Well, I mean, I think the fact that, you know, with a will, do you have can, – can you set aside a will? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the way – the answer is, well, did the person have capacity? Did he – was there undue influence? Was there duress? Was there forced to sign the will? None of those things would probably – did he have capacity? I guess somebody could argue, well, he must have been out of his mind to commit mm-hmm. suicide. Mm-hmm. But you can say that about a lot of people. But Some psychologists reviewed him uh, last week or uh, evaluated him and said he is not insane. He's not deranged. So, yeah, so I would they think went with what she said. So then it gets to the question is, is there negligence on the part of the jailers for letting him sign a will? Right. I mean, Everybody has rights, mm-hmm. but is that you know he was under suicide watch? Should uh, you know we have a client that reminds me that um, uh, he had said to me something like you know he he was he didn't have a good relationship with his family. He's really despondent, and he mentioned something about suicide. Mm-hmm. And I got the impression that if he signed the will, he would commit suicide. Now, right now. He designed the will, but he still hasn't signed the will. Okay. And uh, I, I, we're we we've had discussions, and I'm I'm you know kind of like it. Say, oh my goodness, what should we do here? Because I don't want to, um, you know, I don't. I have this. Should I report this to somebody? But then mm-hmm. I have this a client privilege type thing. Right. You know, I, I don't know that he would, but. Um, Kind of at a loss here because still when you, when you sign a will, it's like a lot of times people think that's it. A lot of times people have a, a problem with thinking about a will because it's a bad thing because right. you think about death. Right. But on the other hand, usually you have to think about, well, is this what you – maybe it, it, it's, it's a, a gift to those people that we love 
to say your expression. And it, it mm-hmm. could be uh, a dying legacy, mm-hmm. whether it's to a charitable organization like the Alzheimer's Association. Remember the walk that's coming up on October 5th. I hope you'll join us there. Or to your loved ones, your family, or your or whoever it is that you, you uh, care about. And this is an expression by saying, all right, I love you. You could change things always. The hard part is just doing it the first time. Right. And then you could always do codicils. Or, remember, it's not set in stone. Mm-hmm. Anything you do, you could always change, uh, generally. Although we talked a couple weeks ago about that uh, irrevocable trust that the grandfather of uh, uh, Elizabeth Hurley's child, where it was an irrevocable trust that they couldn't make a change. But mm-hmm. generally, uh, you can make changes to things that you, if it's done properly, um, in any event, um, so in this case, you can this you know you want to have somebody do a wills or trust so that they can it makes things easier for whoever the family is. Now in this case, it's going to be tied up for who knows how long, oh, probably years, a decade. Probably, yeah, you know, oh, Lord. You know it, it, it'll be mm. forever because you know, and people are rushing the, these victims are rushing to have lawsuits, sure, so that they could stand in line, hoping to collect. Uh, I'm sure the attorneys for the victims are want to say, all right, before the money goes into the trust, mm-hmm. you got to pay us. Mm-hmm. But they're down the line. You know, uh, in Texas, there's like like seven different levels of claims. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you them all right in, in order right now. But, of course, the government gets paid first. Interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. Uh, the IRS gets their, their, uh, their due. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they will be paid. Or if you have a secured creditor, mm-hmm. so let's say you had either a judgment already against you or let's say you had a mortgage on your home, mm-hmm. that would be paid prior to an unsecured creditor. These people are just, are just now suing. Uh, there's, they're not. It's not a secured claim. It's just like a like a credit card. Right. You know, uh, that's down the line. You know, funeral expenses are paid. Lawyers' fees are paid. A lot of uh, a, a lot of different. Uh, uh, there's a lot of different things before uh, an unsecured creditor. Yeah. So they're going to have to stand in line. Will they be able to convince the court that they should be paid before the Remaining assets go to the trust. Well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a chance that that could happen. Yeah. Uh, certainly, a good chance that that could happen. But it's going to take some doing. It's going to take their legal work. It's made it more difficult because. And then, what's the benefit of the trust for him? Mm-hmm. Who are the beneficiaries? Do we it's know? Private. Oh. It's private. So we even private. Know. Now he, he has have... one. He has one brother. Oh, he has no kids. No. Never married. Wow. He has a lot of young lovers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know about uh, lovers, but well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it has something. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, so the so will I don't know who the beneficiaries are. We don't know when you one of the advantages of a trust is it's private. Right. It doesn't mean that you can't sue if somebody um, uh, let's say we think that there's some wrongdoing uh, and you could need to undo it. You know, here let's say he had put everything if he had put everything in the trust before he died, that would have been making it more difficult even more difficult for the victims mm-hmm. because now they don't have the probate process and and try to uh, contest the probate process. Mm-hmm. They may have had to uh, Appoint a representative to sue mm-hmm. and say to try to undo things. Perhaps mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. They it would have been more difficult uh, for them to uh, if 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 they thought he would lack capacity or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
Uh, you could have a guardian or whatever, but it doesn't really matter on this case. The fact is that what well, matters in the fact that it may be more difficult to, to collect, mm-hmm. um, and it would have been even more difficult to collect if it was all in the trust, Right. I think, yeah. because it's already in the trust. You don't have the, the process of probate. Now, some people might argue, well, it's not going to make any difference either way. But, mm-hmm. uh, of course, with the trust, you have privacy, which and you don't have to go by the rules that you have to go through with probate. With probate, you have a process. And so here we knew the uh, the amount of assets, the $577 million plus others, uh, because it was going through the probate process, whereas if it was the trust, we might we would not have known about those assets. Mm-hmm. With the trust, we don't know who the beneficiary is because it's private. Some mm-hmm. people say, "Well, that's are you hiding your assets?" I don't know that you're hiding your assets. It's just a vehicle to to transfer assets that uh, you don't like. I said you don't have to be wealthy to do. We have people all the time that have relatively uh, modest estates, but for various reasons use trust. Mm-hmm. So um, it would have been better for his estate for the assets to have been funded into a trust. Mm-hmm. Um, Either way, it's going to be because the fact that he did do a trust is going to make it more difficult for the victims to collect because there's going to be a bunch of legal doings. I see. Um, well, it's very disappointing. Um, I'm hoping that eventually, after they sift through all of this, that there is a sympathetic judge or a sympathetic jury who will side with these victims and get to their money as quickly as possible. Um, when you say his estate, I don't know even who that is. His brother? Well, I, I don't know what that is. Benef- that's his heir. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if he's the beneficiary or the sole beneficiary, the primary beneficiary, my goodness, it, where's the rest going to go? Perhaps to charity? That would help. But I think the charities are these young girls that, that he had brought in. Um, and I would um, imagine, though, like you said, how do you sift through this, Michael, with the Virgin Islands laws and the United States well, he laws? Owns, yeah, he has, he has – well, it's a U.S. You know, thing. He owned two islands in the Virgin Islands. Right. And so, so he, you know, you could – usually the proper jurisdiction is where you say you lived. Right. Uh, uh, remember we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. We mm-hmm. had that – the uh, French Elvis, and who right. claimed he was residing in California's uh, as opposed to uh, France, mm-hmm. and it made a difference on who got the money because under French laws and Texas, uh, California laws were different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in California, you could, you know, say, uh, and, and anywhere in the United States, you could say who exactly who you want your um, assets to go to, mm-hmm. whereas in France, you have to name, your children have to be beneficiaries uh, to a certain degree. I see. So uh, it made a difference. Of course, it also made a difference who, who got to collect the tax dollars, and so right. that's an ongoing thing. I guess that doesn't determine where you live is, I mean, what taxes you pay is where you've lived most of that year? Well, usually, uh, yeah, I mean, usually uh-huh. the... Yeah, so like for example, California a lot of times checks and sees, uh, uh, you know, different things mm-hmm. uh, to see where how often you're here or there. Yeah, One hundred eighty-three days or more, that's where yeah. you pay the taxes. Yeah, I so. think my attorney, uh, my attorney, my accountant said now it's just 
divvied up. If you spent a third in this state and two fifths in that state, you owe them a third and two fifths accordingly. Is that well? I don't. I'm not going to speak for accounting, but mm-hmm. I think that if you own, well, it depends on the state. I okay. think everything depends on the state. So if you're a Texas resident and you mm-hmm. own property in California, mm-hmm. then you'll probably have to pay taxes for California for the property that you own there, okay. and and file a California tax return. I see. Uh, but so. Uh, usually, if you do have property in different states, then you should um, – that's usually when you should have a trust uh, because – and so really he should have had a trust because he had uh, property all over, uh, not only in uh, – of course, I don't know what the laws are of France because he owned property in France. I'm talking about Epstein. Mm-hmm. He owned properties in France. West Palm and, Beach. Yeah, Florida, Virgin Isles, mm-hmm. uh, New Mexico. Goodness. Uh, he had places, things all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so if since you don't want to have to go through probate because you don't want to know what the rules are in every state mm-hmm. and hire attorneys in every state, mm-hmm. and, of course, he has a will in the Virgin Islands, and now he has all this property in other states. Mm-hmm. So now where you have all those going goings on in addition to the uh, creditor claims, mm-hmm. Uh, so you can see this thing is going to be going on for some time. It's really disappointing. It, it, it would have been better, I would think, uh, if not that he would, you know, I would think it would have been better if he would have had a trust to begin with. Right. And so I think one of the mistakes that he may have made is he did a trust, mm-hmm. but what he should have probably done is have a trust a long time ago. Yeah. And not just uh, – and well, maybe he had a trust a long time ago. We just don't – are not aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the – uh, and, and funded it, mm-hmm. especially before, you know, when – if he knew – usually if you have a creditor, um, if you knew that you have a creditor or, or about to have a claim against you, you can't defraud a creditor. Mm-hmm. In other words, you can't put things in, let's say, an irrevocable trust to say, oh, so you can't collect against me. Okay. Uh, so – uh, here, so there could be the issue of was that a fraud? Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, you know, did he do this on purpose to defraud creditors? Right. So I'm sure that'll be one of the arguments that are going to be brought forth by the victims' families. Right. Uh, but so what he should have done is when uh, a long time ago uh, do it, especially since he had properties all over the place. Uh, probably have done a trust to avoid probate and the other things, not to mention the issues about the fraud issues. Will the government try to do something else saying that he purposely did this or that Mm -hmm. so that they could get the funds? It's going to be a hard burden of proof, uh, I would imagine, on some of these things. But the the, – so I think the mistake that he – the good news for his – heirs, or if his brother or whomever may be his heirs, mm-hmm. is that he did create the trust that made it more difficult for the victims to collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that if it had been uh, better planning, he would have had the trust funded mm-hmm. uh, a long time ago, and then it would have been, if nothing else, for the probate reasons. And then, of course, also it wouldn't have been looking like a fraud or anything else that it looks like uh, to some people. I guess he created a horrible mess when he was alive and he wants to perpetuate that while he's passed away and uh, who knows why people do what they do and uh, he's already faced judgment so we won't get into all of that but I feel very sorry for the victims and it looks like this thing's going to go on for years and he's going to remain infamous and unforgettable for quite a long time. Well I think he's going to be in the news for like you said for a long time Uh, his legacy will go on um, but in a way that's um, infamous as opposed to famous. Yeah, sorry to hear that. 
What a mess. Um, but you don't have to be Jeffrey Epstein to create a mess. We've learned that over the five years we've been doing this show with Michael, and he has seen countless number of messes over the 20, 30 years he's been in practice. And the way to prevent any mess on your situation, or the best way to prevent a mess, not, not, no guarantees, of course, is to attend Michael's next workshops, plural. There are two coming up in September, September the 5th, which is a Thursday at 1 o'clock, and September the 28th, which is Saturday at 10 o'clock. And these are invaluable workshops because they're free, um, because it's only two hours out of your day, because you get to ask question, a question about your individual circumstances, and Michael, with, with his outstanding expertise, will answer them for you as best he can, and then you'll walk out of there more enlightened and confident about perhaps what you should do regarding your estate. So, Michael, please tell them all what goes on at the workshops. Well, what we do is we ask people, what do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Not everybody is a <laughs> – thank God everybody is a Jeffrey Epstein. Yes. But um, – we say, what do you want to know? Mm-hmm. It could be something, and some people ask simple questions, what's a will, what's a trust, mm-hmm. whatever, what's a power of attorney, what's a medical power of attorney, what's mm-hmm. a living will, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. A lot of people ask, oh, about, about Medicaid or veterans benefits mm-hmm. or uh, all sorts of different things or what's probate. Mm-hmm. They don't know what probate is. Right. And so um, whatever it is, we don't know. The questions vary from each question, each workshop because everybody's different and everybody has different concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ask them what they want to know, and then that's, we write those questions down on a board. Good. And in the next two hours, you'll, that we just kind of, you know, kind of knock out their questions, and it's interactive. Uh, we kind of work things in and show how everything works together. Usually, mm-hmm. when people ask me questions, I'll uh, kind of reminds me of a, a story, and I'll tell them an example of a different case that fits their situation mm-hmm. and how we solve the problem. And so we do that, and you'll see that those two hours will fly by. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and p- it, quite frankly, most of the workshops are. Uh, full. We usually have a waiting list. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in going to the next workshop on either September 5th or the one on September 28th, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's Dallas. Elderlawyer.com. You know, it's it's amazing. Oh, for those who do go, there should be a couple things that should be noted. First of all, not only do you get the two free hours of estate planning, whatever questions you want to know, uh, for free, no obligations, of course, that we also give a free one-hour vision meeting. So basically, you get three free hours of whatever you want to talk to, talk about, about your own uh, issues that are concerning to you so that you could uh, protect you and your loved ones the way you want uh, or whatever your concerns are. But the horse before the cart is the workshop. You yeah. You the workshop first, then you can have a vision meeting. That's right. Only, and only if you go to the workshop. And the reason we do that is because here we have these all the, all the a lot of people kind of get an understanding of the law at the workshop. Mm-hmm. And so that they don't have to ask a lot of the basic questions, so right. we don't waste a lot of time when you have a meeting. Mm-hmm. And then you usually go through a – we have it. We call it a process, mm-hmm. uh, an educational process. Again, mm-hmm. this is free. It's no obligation. Uh, and so if people who go forward, at, if they need to want to do something, we could do something after the vision meeting. 
But only then a lot. Sometimes we say, oh, well, you don't need to do anything, mm-hmm. uh, or it doesn't really make sense to do something. However, you've told me over the years that at least 90% of the time, if not more, you find something that should be amended or corrected. Well, we what we do is we talked about things, and then we let them make a business decision whether it's you know important enough for them to go forward to right. do something. That's, you don't you judge know. them. You just give no. them the facts and the ideas and yeah. the solutions. That's right. Okay. So you say, here are, here are things that you could do in a different way. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it, great. And if you don't, okay, that's okay. It. It's, we'll part friends. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad to give the education. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know— the more people that get – the more education you get, the more likely you'll make the best decisions that's best for you. Mm-hmm. And really, that's really what it should be all about, whatever it's best for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, we so we we do that. If they, if they do go forward, then we have a design meeting. We design things exactly the way they want. Oh, yeah, so, so I should tell you that, you know, some people think that a will is a will is a will or a trust is a trust is a trust mm-hmm. or – or anything is 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 the same. There's one will in the world, or whatever. That's not the way it is. Right. Everybody's situation is different because they have different things that are important to them. It's not just who gets this percentage or whatever. It's not just who's the beneficiary, which is what most people think. Right. And that's why they think, oh, beneficiary designations. Why do I need a will? Right. It's that we have to think about bad things that could happen to people. What if somebody's disabled? What if we want to protect somebody against creditors or you or your loved ones from creditor issues? What if we're concerned about remarriage? What if we're concerned about remarriage of our children? Mm -hmm. What if we're concerned about all sorts of different things? Mm -hmm. Um, And so – uh, you know, we talk about those things, and, and then we kind of go forward. Okay. If you do go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, you do get the uh, – not only do you get the free vision meeting, but, you, of course, I, you know, as we've talked about on many times on the show, the thing that everybody's clamoring for, and that is uh, the free KAAM coffee mug. Who could ask for anything more? And pens and chip clips. All of it. The, the gifts just keep coming. It's Christmas in September. Exactly it, it keeps right. They flowing. Christmas season exactly. is upon us. How exciting. Some people think it's Labor Day. Yeah. You know, really, it's Christmas coming early. You know, Christmas comes earlier every year, and, and KAAM yeah. is the one that believes okay. this the most. Uh, that's where they got that God part of the, uh, the, yeah. of the equation, Amazing. I think. Yes. And, and so, Thank you. Uh, I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. We only have a minute left. So sign up for that workshop. Dial 214-720-0102. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael, just please summarize for the audience again the do's and don'ts with this Epstein situation, in your opinion. Well, I think everybody's situation is different, but I think the lesson to be learned is, or in his case, he probably should have done a trust a long time ago, yeah. especially given the, the, the fact situations where, uh, you know— we he knew for we've known for over a decade that he's got issues. Yeah. Now he may have had PR that said otherwise, but the reality is he's had issues. He was for some in prison time. for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if he really wanted to protect his loved ones, he should have done something. A little. He did something at the very end, knowing to try to put a one final uh, kink in the uh, armor and exactly. make it difficult for uh, creditors to collect. Mm-hmm. But uh, he should have done things a long time ago uh, that would have been even more protective. He could have mm-hmm. put things in different and irrevocable trust he could have done just I mean, his trust may have been irrevocable true but yeah. uh, he could have done things uh, a little bit funded things yeah. uh, sooner etc uh, he did did some things to damage those uh, the claims of creditors but yeah. uh, at least he did some planning and we know he did some planning yeah. and he made it difficult Time will tell. We'll see what happens. Unfortunately or fortunately, we'll keep a close watch on that over the next few years to see what happens there. But it's very disappointing, discouraging, but it is what it is. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you. 
When we declare doing it your way, as Christians, such is actually and should always be God's way. It's imperative that our planning includes implementing indisputable biblical principles, such as leaving a financial gift for your church from your estate. Not doing so would certainly be considered poor stewardship, which no believer wants to be held accountable for. So call Michael Cohen's office to sign up for the next Essential Estate Planning Workshop to ensure your estate is in complete Christian accordance today. Dial 214-720-0102. 214-720-0102. And be certain to listen to Michael Cohen right here on 770-KAAM.